Hey, how's it going, everyone? With Argentina being the champion of the world, literally, by winning the World Cup this last December, I decided that I wanted to talk to different people around the world and ask them how they felt and what, would their, what was their experience like, you know, living in that side of the world, in that country, in that region, or wherever it may be, and how they lived that championship by Argentina. So this first episode, we have Maximiliano from Australia, and he's going to be telling us a little bit about his life, a little bit about his stories, and obviously how he felt during that December of last year and everything that kind of went down with everything, you know, around the World Cup and just his life in general. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and hopefully you guys enjoy this new series. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. Once again, this is your boy Christian, and today we are making our way around the world one more time. And today we're actually, uh, you know, let me just say a stupid joke, but we're talking to somebody in the future, kind of technically, right? So we're talking to Moxie, uh, who happens to be like my second or third cousin, or however that you know relationship works. But we are related, actually, and he lives in Australia. He was, if I'm not mistaken, he was born in Australia, right? Uh, I was born in Argentina, right? Oh, in- shit. Nice. Yeah. Okay, dope. So, Maxi was actually born in Argentina, raised in Australia, and I wanted to get, you know, Maxi on to talk about, you know, the soccer culture, he, the soccer culture he grew up with in Australia, and then he actually made a trip to Argentina. So, I'm actually curious, curious to know about that. And then, you know, finally, we're going to talk about the experience of becoming world champions in different time zones and different days and different, you know, parts of the world. So, Maxi, how's it going, brother? How you been? Yeah, good. Thanks, brother. How are you? How's the family? Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas. Right. And and since you're ahead, so it's Sunday here, Monday over there. And you told me you guys were still kind of like in the holidays season, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, here we have a Christmas break, New Year break. So I have a couple of weeks off from work. Um, I believe I go back on the 11th of January, which is Wednesday here, Tuesday for you guys over there. Right, right. Because we, as you know, as we all know, we are all backwards here in the United States. But uh, <laughs> let's let's get going, man. I wanna I wanna hear this uh, this childhood of yours because it's kind of like similar to mine in a way, right? But we kind of like drifted into different continents. Uh, coming from the same family, you know, my parents came to the United States. Uh, your family, I kind of lost them in the recording, so hopefully he's still there. But I'll keep talking, asking the question. Uh, so it might be, you know, just a, so everybody listening or watching, there might be some little hiccups because he, he is in Australia and we are here in Houston. So hopefully he jumps back in. I don't know if he's on or not, but he froze on my end. But I'm going to keep talking. Oh, there you go. I heard you. Yeah. You there? You hear me? Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I can hear you, but you're still frozen on my screen. But we'll we'll keep going. Um, But, yeah, man, I mean, if if you're there, tell me a little bit about, you know, uh, when when did you, you know, get to Australia? How old were you? And a little bit about, you know, your childhood. 
And, uh, you know, did you get to play soccer as a little kid? Did you get to play soccer as a little kid in Argentina? Because I, I, I got to till I was like eight. So I don't know how old you were when, when you made the the trip to the land down under. And I don't even know if you're still there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here. I can hear you and I can see okay, you. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Uh, unfortunately, no, I didn't get to play soccer over there because I came here when I was only six months old. So my parents made the travel to Australia with my other side when I was very young, obviously. So I was born there, came here when I was six months old, and I lived pretty much my whole life in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. But, yeah, I've always played soccer. I've always been interested in soccer. I live soccer as if you were, if I was still back at home. Um, so, yeah, and then I made the trip back when I was a bit older, unfortunately, when the soccer season was off. But, yeah, no, nah, I live and breathe football as if I was back at home in Argentina. I started soccer here when I was about six or seven years old, playing for a team called Maribyrnong, and to this day, I still play football. So I'm actually a goalkeeper. I started off as a, as a forward, as a striker, number nine. When I was younger, my idol was uh, Gabriel Batistuta, as many kids probably was. And as I grew up, I slowly started moving back on the field and ended up in the goal. Nice. Similar, similar to me. I ended up, I think I stopped at center back because I couldn't keep any, because I can't do anything with my hands. But oh. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did start as a number nine, just as you, and I ended up as a center back. So uh, kind of similar, similar lives there. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to ask you about, you know, I, you know, I know you, you know, through social media and stuff like that. Right. But I know that you and your dad are extremely passionate when it comes to Boca. Right. And me, myself and my dad, you know, we're also passionate about Boca. But I want to tell me a little bit about, you know, your, your experiences or any like childhood memories that you may have with, with your dad, you know, watching soccer games like, you know, me and my dad. We would make uh, time during the weekdays for Copa Libertadores because uh, it was like, you know, seven or eight at night here when those games were on. I know you're in a different time zone, so I don't even know if you guys were able to watch them or, you know, what time it was. But tell me a little bit about, you know, some stories with your dad, some memories that you may have. Uh, well, with my dad, I have a lot. So fortunately enough, me and my dad work together. We're both painters in the construction business. So... Here, we were only able to start watching Copa Libertadores maybe five, six years ago because that's when they started passing it on Foxtel here. But ever since I was young, we used to listen to the Argentinian radio every game, every Sunday, well, Monday here, listening to the Boca's local tournaments, listening to Copa Libertadores. Obviously, when we win, we're extremely happy. We give it to – we have banter with everybody. And – If we were to lose, obviously, you couldn't speak to us. <laughs> It's pretty much either we win over the moon, but when we lost, don't mention it to us. Like, I remember watching the first game I was able to properly watch with my dad full 90 minutes was when Boca played uh, Real Madrid's Galacticos in the Intercontinental Cup in Japan, where we won. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. We were watching it at home on SBS here. It was, whew, it would have been about 6, 6 a.m. And after the game, we're just hugging, crying, you know. And ever since that way, I was always brought up. It's it's only Argentina and Boca, Boca and Argentina. So, like I said before, man, live and breathe it. Every memory I have of my dad, even the 
We try to meet up on Monday when we're not working because we have every second Monday off. We, we'll watch the game in our houses. We'll call each other, analyze the game, or I'll go to his house and watch it. When I was living there, we'd watch it every time. Mom wasn't allowed to speak. My sisters weren't allowed to talk. <laughs> 20 minutes. It was just Booker, don't come into the room, chanting at the TV, flags everywhere, tops everywhere. So it was just like we were in the stadium all the time. And i got to always say, I thank my father for making me a Booker Juniors fan because without them, I wouldn't know what happiness is, to be honest. That's crazy. That's crazy because I, we over here with my dad, we're kind of like the same way. So it's it's cool to know that, you know, at the same time, somewhere else in the world, it's kind of happening the same the same way. But man, that's, it's cool to it's cool that you have that memory with your dad, you know, winning that, that you know, Copa Inter, Intercontinental. Because I remember I remember watching it with my dad. So it's, it's cool that, you know, it's like we're, we're kind of like crossing memories in a way. So. It's pretty dope to hear that. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, Sunday League. I know you you said you're a goalkeeper. I know that you know maybe Sunday leagues are not known to be like glorious, you know, uh, uh, great leagues, or you know, at least here in the United States, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like. But you know, at the same time, even though they're not like you know great, but it's at the same time it's fun. You know, you get to like play. I don't know if you ever play with your dad on the same teams or maybe uncles or friends and stuff like that but do you have any uh like stories memories of you of you getting to play you know sunday league like you said you do still play how is how is the soccer scene over there is there a lot of leagues does it get competitive does it get you know tough well yeah yeah like uh australia's only started their their league which is called the hyundai a league about 15 years ago so that's our only professional our first professional league we have here. And underneath that, every state has what they call NPL, which stands for National Premier League. And they're usually played on Sunday. So you've got NPL 1, 2, and 3, and then your state leagues under that. I used to play every Saturday, and I played with a couple of my uncles from my dad's side on Saturdays. But over the last five, six years, I just moved to Sunday leagues. I play with all my mates now. Um, it's fun, man, banter. I've got a couple of uh, Nargent on my team i play with my brother-in-law but yeah we live it like it's everything man everyone loves football it's competitive here sunday league obviously is our thirds more mainly children and thirds play on that day but we play as if we're playing our first for our club our senior team we're very competitive want to lose we train we train to win and we're all very passionate about playing soccer here so whoever plays soccer here is very passionate even though it's not the major sport in australia but obviously everyone's got that mentality that they want to make it someday hopefully and go to europe and represent australia those that want to play for australia um but yeah i play like i said every sunday with my mates in a league thankfully the out of the last three we we're able to win two and we play in the top division now for sundays and unfortunately last year we lost the final but um, yeah, man, it just goes to show how passionate and competitive we are here. And we that's want, dope. That's dope. Obviously, we want to make it the number one sport in Australia. So, what are what are what are the other sports that currently have that? So, I, like here we have you know American football, baseball, and basketball. I guess you can say those are the top three, and then soccer kind of right behind it. You know, kind of slowly scaling their way up. But what what do you guys have over there? 
So uh, number one sport here is Australian football. So that's the one with the, the round field, the oval field, with the uh, egg-shaped type of ball. They play it's very similar to gridiron, but a bit different. So they don't wear helmets or padding here. It's, it's the number one sport here, followed probably by cricket and rugby, and also tennis is big here. So soccer's there too. And slowly, slowly, obviously, with Australia participating in 2006 and the last World Cup doing as well as they did, it's slowly jumping the ranks there. So hopefully one day Australia will be able to be a competitive team in the World Cups. And obviously after the Asia Cup that we won here, I, um, it's even grown even more. And a lot more kids nowadays are preferring to play soccer over footy here, as we call it, the Australian football. That's that's awesome. It's it's cool to hear the the different like you know names and, and accents and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Um, so going a little deeper into the into the A League, into the professional league. Um, do you know how many teams there are there? And you know, you said obviously it's it's still kind of new. Fifteen years. The MLS here is actually twenty five, so it's a little bit longer, not that too much. But there's a bunch of teams. There's like thirty teams in the league, and you know. It's, steadily growing yeah it's, it's kind of different there's no uh relegation promotion there's none of that it, it's kind of like a very capitalistic uh league in a way uh very similar to you know american football very similar to the other sports baseball and and so on and so on um but do you follow any team over there i know you're from melbourne and i think you guys have like two professional teams there are you a fan of any of them do you try to follow them and how's the league overall you know as you may know it well, I like you said, I'm from Melbourne, and I do follow the first Melbourne team, which is called Melbourne Victory. And there are multiple teams here in the A League at the moment. I believe there's about 15 or 16 clubs in our first division. Mm -hmm. So, I have obviously the two teams from Melbourne, which is Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory, Perth Glory, Adelaide United, Sydney FC. Western Sydney Wanderers, Wellington Phoenix, Brisbane Raw, Western United, which is also another Melbourne team. So that's three Melbourne teams, sorry. Central Coast Mariners, Newcastle United, MacArthur FC, Gold Coast United was a team, but no longer is a team. So it's about 12 to 15 teams at the moment in the A-League. And obviously, team at the moment aren't doing as well this season, but hopefully they're on the up. So... Yeah, I sort of follow it, but not really. I follow more, like I said, the the Argentinian league, and I watch a lot of the Premier League here, which is big in Australia. Mm -hmm. The football here is slowly growing. The quality is getting better over the years, um, and we're getting a bit of marquee players. Like at the moment in my team, Luis Nani signed for us. Unfortunately, he's done his ACL, so he'll be out for the rest of the season. But... There's been a couple of big name players like Del Piero, um, Honda from Japan. Like I said, Luis Nani. Uh, who else came here? It was a Spanish player. I can't remember his name now. A few years back, it's been a couple of players here. Harry Harry Kewell's played here. Um, Tim Cahill, Australian mm -hmm. legend. Who else? There's a couple. Aaron Moy came out of uh, Melbourne City, so. Now he's playing, I believe, in Celtic. So there's a couple of players that have played in our, our league here and now playing over in Europe. 
And uh, going into a little, just a quick quick question about the Premier League. Do you follow any teams or you guys just kind of watch overall, you know, the Premier League, maybe the Champions League or stuff like that? Or do you have like a team that you kind of try to keep up with? Look, man, I when I was younger, I was a bit of a Man U fan when Tevez was there. And then obviously I crossed towns to Man City. So I'd probably say Man City is the team I mostly watch. But I like all the underdogs. Like um, I've really lately started to watch a lot of Aston Villa, Brighton. Hey. Um, I'll keep in touch with Man City. I try to much watch as much games as possible, but mainly I follow more the Argentinian players than an actual team in England. But if I would have to say a team, it would probably be Man City. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Man City, I mean, honestly, is is a joy to watch. So it's... I, I, I don't blame you. So me, myself, personally, I started following Aston Villa maybe like two years ago. Mm. I didn't want to pick one of the one of the big boys. I, I wanted to go with an underdog. So I went with Aston Villa. You know, they're 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 having a rough time at the moment. But, you know, it. I guess, you know, when you pick a team and you try to support them, you know, through thick through thick and thin. Right. Correct. Um, it's kind of like in our in our culture. Um, but I wanted to ask you before we get into the World Cup stuff and you know talk about a little bit about Australia and and obviously Argentina. Um, I just wanted to ask you about the trip to Argentina, man, because I mean I I haven't been able to go back, so I kind of want to live an experience through you if you let me. Uh, I know you you say you didn't get to watch or you didn't get to you know maybe go to any games because the season was over, but. You know, did you were you able to play? You know, with the cousins, with the friends. I know over there the family is enormous, so I'm pretty sure you probably had some chances to to maybe go play with some family or friends. Uh, just tell me, you know, a little bit of experiences that that you saw when you went over there. Yeah, man, the trip back home was a memorable one. I won't lie. My um, obviously I got to stay with one of our. Uh, well, my uncle and I believe your dad's cousin, my mum's younger brother, Ramon. I don't know if you know him or not. I stayed at his house. Big, big River Plate fan, him and his whole family. Damn. But I was lucky enough to convert one of his youngest sons to become a Boca Juniors fan when I took him to the ground there. So he, let's say he hates me for that one. And one of his fans, <laughs> obviously, uh, is a Boca Juniors fan also. But no, nah, man, it was it was one of I reckon memorable moments of my life. I did get to play some soccer there in the barrio um, with my cousins, and obviously, you know, over there they've got the little stadiums inside the like indoor soccer. I played there with a couple of mates. It was very competitive, different quality type of football, but very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, man, uh, my biggest goal when I went there was to go see La Bombonera, which was something I was able to do. Which as soon as obviously I, you step in as a Boca Juniors fan, you emotions take over. So I took two of our cousins there. Like I said, the youngest son of second youngest son of Ramon, and he goes to me from this day forward. I'm a Boca Juniors fan. So that was that was a great moment for me to live that with him, and for myself. I obviously, called dad when he was here. It was six in the morning before you had to go to work. And I, I said to him, I started crying to him. I said, thank you. Thank you for making me a Boca Juniors fan. Now I understand what it truly means to be crying on the phone to him. He goes, enjoy it. He goes, it's one of the best things you can experience. I went there during the Christmas break. So obviously I wasn't able to watch any of the games like you mentioned. But 
doesn't matter, man. All you do is talk about football, give banter, have banter about football there. It's something I'll never forget. And obviously the lifestyle is completely different to what is in the US and Australia. But the way I see it is something they're always grateful for what they have and they live life to the fullest no matter what situation they live in. And here, I don't know what it's like in the US here. You just wake up, go to work, come home, spend time with the family, and it's a repeat every day. Where something I wish we had was there was you live life. You know, you can walk down the street and everybody knows you. You know everybody. Everyone treats you like you're one of their own. You know, um, you get along with everybody. And everything's about football there. doesn't matter if you don't know them. I met a couple of people from the neighbourhood that were River Plate fans and you just give them banter and they take it and they give it back and it's just lovely, man. It's, it's one of my greatest moments in my life and I wish to go there one day, hopefully, with my wife and with my parents, if not with my dad, and go watch a Boca game together, something that I have on my bucket list. Damn, you almost you almost made me cry. Uh, but no, that's, that's awesome, bro. That's that's. That's, I'm, it makes me happy to know that that you were there and you were happy, bro. Um, but before I start crying here on the on the on the, on the podcast, just out of happiness, let's go ahead and move on uh, to the World Cup, man. I mean, obviously, I well, I cried there, so I, there's no there's no secrets there. Um, and I, I don't know if you did, but I'm pretty sure you did. Uh, just for the little that I've talked to you, uh, you you sound like a crier, like like me. Uh, but before we get to the Argentina part of the of the conversation, uh, tell me about Australia, man. You know, you you kind of mentioned Australia, and you know they're coming up, you know, slowly but surely, you know, trying to get better as they go. But maybe as a collateral, since obviously you grew up over there, you 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 obviously have feelings for for the country, I suppose, the same way that I do for the United States. Uh, but how did you see them going into the World Cup? Was there any expectations from from you or from the people there? You know, did did you guys think that y'all were gonna make it? You know, somewhat far, or maybe not that far, but y'all were gonna have a good competitive, uh, you know, World Cup. What, what were your thoughts? Well, look, man, the way we were in the qualifiers, it didn't give us much hope, to be completely honest with you, because they're a bit irregular, but um. Obviously, we're always the underdogs, and we always have that underdog mentality that we will give it our all and fight till the end. And I've honestly, yes, I support Australia, obviously, because it's the country I was brought up in, the country I live in. It's my home. But I'm Argentinian at the end of the day. But um, I do support Australia in every sport they do play because, like I said, it's my home. It's, it's my second country. And when the World Cup started, not many people thought we were going to make it out of the group stage, not only here in Australia, but around the world, because obviously we're a small footballing nation. But the way the boys played during that World Cup, yes, we played against the world champs, we scored first and we lost 4-1. But then when they played, I believe it was Denmark and Tunisia, and they won both games, mate, the, the people here were ecstatic. The way they celebrated here in Federation Square, which is in the city, was absolutely nuts. Flares going off, partying to early times in the morning because the games are early here, four or six o'clock in the, two or six o'clock in the morning. Man, it was it was great scenes, great scenes to see on the news here. People were loving it, and obviously, when Argentina come up, I had to go back to the, the blue and white jersey, and obviously my wife, like I said, we watched it together and. Um, 
bit of a rivalry between me and her and my family. But nah, man, I, I'll always support Australia no matter what they do in Halle performing the World Cup. Obviously, I'm I'm very happy and very proud of the way Australia, the soccer roots, represented us in our last World Cup. And hopefully from there on, they can make it past through the round 16 to the quarters, to the semis. And who knows, hopefully one day they play the final. As long as it's not against Argentina, I'll, I'll support them. But no, I'm, I'm very happy about the way they way the way they played this World Cup, and I feel very well represented by them because they, like I say, we have that underdog mentality here, and they fought till the final whistle, made it out of the group stage. Even against Argentina, it was nerve wracking with a two one, as you know. Um, but yeah, sad. I was happy and sad on one side, but go the Socceroos, I say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I say, it's, I mean, if I if I would say anything, yeah, I think Australia. When it came to to that game against Argentina, they, they did give us a little bit of trouble towards the end of the game. But I think obviously Argentina was a better side. Uh, but now let's talk about you know the good stuff, uh, the 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 great history making stuff. Something that yeah. we're probably never gonna forget. And knowing you and seeing all the tats you have, you're probably gonna get this. If you haven't yet, you're probably gonna get this inked in your body as I, as I am eventually. Um, but tell me a little bit about you know the kind of like the emotions uh, going into this World Cup. Me personally, let me just kind of fill you in a little bit. Like I, I, you know, I I thought we were we were favorites, but you know, as you, as you know, as being Argentinian, I had my cabalas, and one of my cabalas, which is kind of like our. I don't know how to how would translate it, but it's a, like our little superstitions type things, right? But one of my cabalas was not saying anything about Argentina winning, right? So if somebody would ask me, hey, do you think Argentina is going to win the World Cup? I'd be like, nah, I think France is going to take it, right? <laughs> that was my answer for everything. France is going to take it. Um, and uh, so that was my cabala going in. And obviously, you know, with the loss against Saudi Arabia, I was a little bit, you know, put off, but I was like, nah, I think we're going to bounce back. And I think and we had a heck of a run afterwards, right? But how did you see it? You know, can you kind of run me, if you can, run me through like each game and maybe your your feelings for, for each one? You can go as detailed as you want or as kind of like overpass as you want. But I just, you know, because me personally, I can tell you exactly how I felt for every single game. And I kind of want to get that from you if you can, if you don't mind. Yeah, not a problem. Look, obviously going into it, Argentina is always a favourite to win it. Unfortunately, the last few World Cups wasn't our best. In 14, we lost the final. 2018, lost in France in that 4-3 hack of a game. Obviously, 1990, we lost. 98, locked, uh, knocked out in the quarterfinals. But yeah, going into it, I was confident. But just like you, I have my cabala, as we say. And um, one of them was... I let my facial beard, my beard grow, my hair grow, didn't cut it, didn't touch it. Uh, I had to set up my house every single way, every single time the same way. Had my flag on my couch, my Argentina jersey on my TV unit over there. So at the back over there, I had my flag here, same soccer jersey. Um, yeah, man, you know us and our superstitions. But um, the Saudi Arabia game, I honestly thought was going to be that game where we were going to get that slap in the face. But I also did think we were going to win that game easily. But going from that game, I always, everyone here was giving me a bit of uh, bit of shit, as we say here. 
But I always said to them, don't talk too early. Argentina's going to win. I have a feeling we're going to make it to the final. We're going to do well this year. I said it was the exact moment and the exact thing that needed to happen to Argentina as a team because we were very cocky from obviously being 36 games unbeaten. And it was I, – I hope we lost before the World Cup so we'd get that wake-up call. But unfortunately, it was the first game of the World Cup and it was something that needed to happen to that team. We needed to have that loss, that hard loss where they said, you know what, we're not untouchable anymore. We obviously are a soccer team and we can lose. And I think it was it didn't happen at a better time for us. Um, in, in a sense, happy that we lost against Saudi Arabia because obviously after that we had that great run, as you saw, and the whole world saw. But um, yeah, uh, the Mexico game, obviously nail-biting stuff. Obviously, as you know, Argentinians and Mexicans have a big rivalry in the football. Just like, obviously, you would know over there, a lot of Mexicans in America would give you a bit of shit. Obviously, being in our group that we lost against Saudi Arabia and we're going to knock you out and everyone's, where's Messi? Little chat. Um, but, yeah, that was nerve-wracking stuff. I watched that at home with my wife. And let's say every single game I cried. I'm not going to lie. Cried of happiness. When they scored, I was screaming. I lost my voice. To be honest, I'm surprised that my neighbours didn't call the police on me, thinking I was <laughs> for something. But, yeah, my wife tried to calm me down. wouldn't happen. So the Mexico game was a very emotional one. I knew we were going to win, but I knew it was going to be a tough game, obviously, because the Mexicans are a great nation, footballing nation, a great team. Um, but, yeah, I was happy. I was very happy we bet them. If it was a team we wanted to be, it was the Mexicans. Because obviously the football rivalry they believe they have with us, but uh, <laughs> as you know, Argentinians we say they're not our rivals, but they like to believe they are. Our biggest rivals are Brazil, Uruguay, and that's pretty much as far as it goes for us. But um, going on to the Poland game, I got a couple of Polish mates here. They always said Argentina was going to win. I thought we were going to win easily. I didn't see much out of Poland as a this World Cup as I did in previous ones. So I knew Argentina would have made it out of the group stage, obviously being the team that they are, the players they have. But, um, yeah, it was very emotional, that group stage for me. I don't know about you. What, what did you think of that group stage? Yeah, yeah. I mean, same way, literally, you know, a roller coaster of, 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 of all the emotions, you know, from losing the same kind of same, same concept as you, you know, Saudi Arabia, it's kind of like a wake-up call, you know, it's like, you're not, you know, super powerful. You're not this unbeatable team. Mm. And it was it was weird. It was weird because you were like, wait, Saudi Arabia? Like, you know, one of those things. But but I didn't lose my confidence, honestly. I, I think if we would have been in another moment in my life, I think it would have been different. But this time around, I, I felt something, you know. And I don't know what it was, but it just, I, just, I just felt something that, you know, we were just going to bounce back. And, and, you know, being Cavaleros, with, with all these, like, superstitions, you know, like, you know, last time this happened, you know, Argentina, you know, won the World Cup. You know, 86, Canada went to the World Cup. Argentina, you know, awesome. you know they, they won. Uh, you know, uh, last time Argentina lost their – or uh, Spain lost their first game in, 20, in 2010, and then they ended up winning the World Cup. You know, and all these little, little random facts that people brought up, and I was like, bro, this is this is giving me too much hope, and I'm afraid to like believe in it, and yeah. then just kind of be let down. But deep inside my heart, I believed in it, and I was like, 
oh, we're gonna we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and then on the outside, I'll be like, no, France is gonna win it all. <laughs> so and obviously, Argentina winning. Oh, I kept saying Anulo Mufa as we do. So yes, Anulo Mufa to everything, even on social media, Anulo Mufa, Anulo Mufa. But yeah, no, I felt the exact same, brother. Um, there's just something about this team that I feel like there's that connection again with the people, that the the team that plays for the jersey. And that's yeah. what we want. We want those players that represent us worldwide. And when they put on their jersey, they feel it like we do. You know, like those that can't play for the national team, they represent us in a way that we feel proud of. Um, so that's what I got with this team. And I, I don't know, like I said, everyone's going to say this is Messi's last World Cup. He's not going to do anything. I said, mate, it's Messi. Him and Ronaldo are on a whole different level. And being Messi's last World Cup, I just knew – it was just written in the stars in my mind that Messi was going to lift this World Cup and thankfully he was able to. So that's something I'm very happy about, that he, not only as an Argentinian, but just him as a, what he's given to football, he was able to to conquer that and complete football in a way. Um, but yeah, but obviously moving on to the Australia game, that was a bittersweet moment for me. Obviously both my countries playing there, but obviously I support Argentina. We won. I was happy, but not to the fullest, as I was also sad for Australia, obviously being my home. But great game. Two squads that gave it their all. Obviously, we won, made it to the next round, to the quarterfinals, and played uh, Netherlands, which was... Don't even get me started on that game and the emotions I felt in it. <laughs> From being 2-0 up, obviously, Netherlands is always a tough tough team and then the last couple of minutes for them to equalize 2-2 like i was watching again with my wife i watched this world cup and she said to me oh you're two nil up it's fine you won it i said it's the worst result in football two nil yes turn it around anytime and next thing you know bang bang two goals i was just sat on my couch in shock like what happened like just you open your mouth and it just turned like <laughs> At the end of the day, it is what it is, man. It was nerve-wracking, and obviously penalties is a thing of luck in my eyes, but obviously I was behind my couch, creeping down, watching it, and just screaming at my TV every time we scored. And obviously Divo Martinez has great saves, and he's just an absolute beast of a keeper. So this, uh, that was my first sense of a heart attack I was having this World Cup. <laughs> but uh, great game. Emotions, emotional roller coaster for me personally. I can't watch football and sit still. Um, Croatia was a bit of a shock to me. I thought it would have been a tighter game, to be honest, considering the last World Cup where we got beaten by 3 0. I thought it would have been a bit tighter, but I think Argentina were just the better team all around. Um, from starting from the back line, deep keeper, defense to the midfield to up forward, it was just. We were just playing better football. Croatia wasn't on their day. Um, like I said, big shock for me. 3-0, the result more than anything. But guessing the way Argentina played, it was deserved as well. And then, obviously, wishing to play that game against Brazil, but unfortunately, they didn't make it. And then moving on to the finals was just flashbacks to 2014, really, man. I said, this is our year. We're going to win it. And then... Again, 2-0 up, last two minutes, 10 minutes of the game, Mbappe had a quality game, put two past us in two minutes, and then obviously 
previous memories come back oh what's going to happen now same thing with the copa america we lost the two goal um two finals brazil 2014 we lost that final but at the end of the day man i just like you said i had this un unexplainable confidence in this team and i just knew that this year was going to be our year i knew that the saudi going back to saudi arabia game that slap in the face you just saw this spark light up in the, each player and knew, all right, you know what? We're going to do this for the people. We're going to do this for ourselves. And 3-2, 3-3, mate, that, that game was going to be the end of me. It was going to be the end of me. I swear to God, I thought I was going to die that day. But um, I would get it done in the penalties. Obviously, another great performance from Dibu Martinez. And then, as you know, man, started crying, celebrating. As I do for the teams I love, got very emotional. Can't explain the emotions I felt in that moment. It was just, it's it's amazing, you know. In this year and a half, we won international titles. We won the Copa America in Brazil against our biggest rivals. Won the finalista against the European champions, and we won the World Cup against France, being the the previous world world champions. In a, if not, in my eyes, the best final ever. Yeah, but, for sure. From being here, I went straight to Fed Square with all bunch of Argentinians there, celebrated there till three hours later in the morning, and yeah, no sleep, just full of life, happiness, and probably get the tat like you said before. Definitely getting a tat done somewhere about it. I'm not sure if the wife's too happy about me getting messy on my body, but um, got to be done. <laughs> if we won this World Cup, I was going to get him tattooed with the World Cup. And hopefully he done it. He brought it home for us Argentinians. That's crazy. That's crazy. I I I did also promise that. Well, I wasn't gonna get a messy tattoo, but I was gonna get a tattoo to represent it. Um. So I, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get the, the the trophy and then some kind of lettering around around the trophy, like algunas estrofas del 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 himno, like to go around yeah. it. You know, just like the 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 last i always wanted to get the the last portion of it you know oh juremos con gloria morir like yeah. that is such a good line and I, I wanted to get it actually tattooed across my chest but i'm gonna get it somewhere else i'm gonna i'm gonna get it on my leg where Diu martinez made that save in the last uh, minute at in that right spot i'm gonna I'm get that the the cup right there because honestly that was the the cup right there it was martinez right there Diu martinez making that, that, that save was- um but uh just to kind of finish it off you know i you know i appreciate you taking your time over there and, and jumping on it and kind of giving me your you know your side of the story in a way right um yeah. but i always tell people like i told i told a bunch of my friends um you know the emotion that i felt at that moment it was like i i had something that i have never felt before and i don't think you know hopefully i get to feel it again someday but it's one of those things that it's just kind of like i don't know it's such a different emotion but it you know i told my friends i wish some days you guys will feel this this you know this feeling and and it's weird because you know we you know we were talking about it earlier like we live soccer in such a different manner as that other people do you know, like some people live it as sport you know it's just a, it's just a game a sport or whatever but we live it with such a passion that it's 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 kind of weird right for for other people watching us but um 
one of the first things that I did after we won was that I kind of something that that almost made me cry about you calling your dad when you were at La Bombonera because the first thing I did is I called my dad and I kind of said, you know, thank you for making me a soccer person, you know, type of thing. Mm. But other than, other, you know, than, than you being happy and excited, is is there any way to to explain, you know, the feeling of, you know, because you are my age, right? We're mm. both, you know, in that 31-year age And we have never seen Argentina win anything other than, you know, uh, Copa America. But honestly, Copa America, it, it was important for me, but it, it it didn't feel the void of being world champions, right? Like, I, I watched it here with my dad. We celebrated. We hugged like never before. It was literally the first trophy I was able to watch Argentina win in my life, period. But this World Cup, it was like you know, astronomical, completely different, completely way and beyond anything that I could have ever imagined. Um, I forgot my, my, what my question was, but it, it's kind of like what, you know, if you could describe it for people, if you could put it in any type of way, how, you know, how would you describe the feeling of being a world champion? Oh, you got me there. I, 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 <laughs> to describe it to be honest but if you would have to put something it'd be in my eyes for me it's it's life-changing because of the way i live fo football soccer it's absolutely life-changing like you said we were un unfortunately i never saw argentina be world champions my dad saw all three and i believe your dad probably saw all three so they know what it's like to be world champions for us that that uh, can i say that don that's passed down from our parents and, and we live it like they do For us to experience, or for me personally to experience Argentina winning the World Cup, it's it was life changing. It was something absolutely unexplainable. Let's put it that way. But um, it's just pure happiness. Like till today, I'm watching YouTube clips of Argentina, and I still get emotional. I see different people recording and what how people celebrate back home, and it just makes me emotional just seeing it all again and. I watched the game probably twice already after the World Cup is over. I still cry like a baby, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just unexplainable, man. It's unexplainable to know that we're finally able to live that passion and that that lovely moment of being world champions and seeing the greatest player of all time lift the trophy that is so wanted so badly. And for it, it also brings back all the memories, like I said, with my dad and my family that we live and breathe football and You think of all that when you were younger, you would sing the songs, put on your jerseys every week or every time we played. And yeah, it's just, it's just unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, brother. So hopefully the next World Cup we do well and we can win it again. But like you said, the Copa America was a great thing, but this World Cup is something different. It's just completely on a whole different level. It's just out of this world. And thank God I was born Argentinian. Not everyone has that luck. And hopefully, like you said, the people around me in Australia get to feel that feeling one day. And obviously, Americans, hopefully your mates get to feel that. But till now, let's you and I enjoy this moment and every other Argentinian around the world because we've got four years to, to bask in this glory. And obviously for the rest of our lives. But Amen. Hey, amen. Amen. And with that being said, man, I'm not going to add any more to that, I think. That was like the perfect ending for this 
for this episode. Uh, but Maxi, man, I really appreciate you jumping on. I, I know there's a, a big time difference uh, for us. And, and, you know, you obviously taking time out of your day. Um, but if you want to let the people know, man, you know, people listening, you know, here in the United States, over there in Australia, where, where you know, if, if you want to be found on social media, where can they find you, man, and follow you? Well, man, I pretty much just use Instagram. It's at Maximiliano underscore Santa underscore Maria, I believe. Um, if not, that's the only way people will find me on that Instagram. So you've got it. You can tag me in this video if you wish. And I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to catch up, finally meet you after all these years, to meet another family member on a, another part of the world is always something great. And I'm grateful for to have this moment with you, brother. And I wish you all the best, your family. And we'll keep in touch, obviously. Of course, of course. Once again, everybody, don't forget, uh, we'll, we'll uh, tag, we'll leave the link under here so you guys can go follow Maxi if you if y'all want to. Uh, but don't forget, don't forget to follow uh, Cuatro Cuatro Dos on the YouTube channel, Instagram, and Twitter if you want to as well. And don't forget, man, we're going to keep having great conversations with different people, you know, this whole year. So stay tuned for that. Once again, don't forget, Cuatro Cuatro Dos, we are out. Thank you.